0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to Tacovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your
1: thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
2: Welcome to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. This is your boy, East Coast Trev,
1: and this is Steve. What's up, Steve? How are you, buddy? Oh, hanging in. It's gorgeous out. Yeah, finally what? got some beautiful weather, being able to get out and about. And the world is still full of stupid people, I'm realizing.
2: No, the world's definitely full of stupid people. There's no end to stupid people. Just stupidity and ignorance. There's no lack of that, no matter what happens
1: in the world. I I just don't understand what happened to the world that was 10 years ago, where entitlement wasn't a thing, and common sense was a little more common than it is now. Because, God, there are some dumb people out there.
2: I, that went out of the window a long time ago, my friend. Yeah, That is done and over with.
1: Yeah, the but, way the way today went, it was a good reminder that yeah, the world is stupid.
2: But the thing is, just just as a positivity, um, there we're one week closer to turkey season.
1: So does it really even matter? No, because see, oh, it, I like it's like a good buildup. I get frustrated and irritated with all this <laughs> dumb crap in the daily life. And then turkey season comes around and I literally get to blow something's head off. <laughs> it's like the ultimate let out. I, it's kind of funny. As,
2: so I've come to the conclusion that, yes, I would be blowing heads off of turkeys. But then again, I once again got myself in a predicament where
0: <laughs>
2: I Say have it ain't so <laughs> I have to I have to
1: hunt with a bow for some of the season. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. But I'm not gonna lie, the first one's going down with a gun. Oh no, Virginia? Yeah, no, Virginia's yeah. going down with a gun. <laughs> yeah. it, it, I'm not even messing around this year. It, it's starting with a gun, and once the once the bird's down, then we'll switch.
2: Yeah, I got I signed myself up for the bow hunting league, uh, turkey competition.
1: Oh uh, snap!
2: So they I got drafted into a team, f- uh, Full Strut 2021. So I got on their team. There's 15 guys and. Uh, so we can, it goes, so the longest beard, I mean, the longest spur length times that by two times that by your beard length. And that's your score. Um, and then you can, there's unlimited upgrades on, um, entries, but you can only entry one per person. And then they do a king of the spur of person with the, you know, with the most grand total. Uh, okay, as far so as, like, I, and- I
1: have a question on that. So with yep. the king of the spur, um, uh, you know, does this count in all the subspecies?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it so it's unlimited entries and unlimited states.
1: Okay. So it's so a you, person
2: with the most beard and spur length for the
1: season. Okay, because I was gonna say for the, a king of the spur, you can almost guarantee he's gonna go to somebody with an Osceola. They what well, Osceolas have a longer spur? Oh yeah. It's that really? soft ground down there. It doesn't grind off like these mountain birds up here. Mm-hmm. They're smaller bodied, smaller beard, but their spurs. I mean, you can get two inch hooks on them all day long. Really? Yeah. That that's one of the things is their color and their spur length.
2: So if so, are normally the the states that have Osceola's, do? Are you allowed to take more than one?
1: Well, usually the only state because that's the only state they're in is in Florida. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, That's what I meant. You only. <laughs> my understanding. I don't quote me on this my understanding is you only get one bird one or two so either way i i'll put money that whoever wins that is going to be in osceola
2: so so on kings of spurs you can have so it's so like for me i can shoot five birds in the state of connecticut so i all five of my birds add up if oh, i so shot them accumulate. all with the bow.
1: It's a cumulative thing. For okay. I, I thought it was like the one single longest.
2: No. So, so that's on the team side. So on the team side, so there's 15 of us and we each get one bird, but we can upgrade it. So like, say that I shoot one with an inch in an inch spur, right. And a 13 or no, let's, let's be realistic. A 10 inch beard. Bullshit. And, you're
1: coming to Virginia. You may get a 13, 14 inch beard. Sure.
2: So, but I have to shoot with my bow and that's not going to happen. So, so anyways, so, so if I get one that has 10 inches, 10 inches of beard, one inch, one inch spurs, and then my next one is 11 inch beard with an inch and an eighth spur that becomes my bird for, for the team
1: tracking. Gotcha.
2: But on the king of the spurs, now my 10 inch beard, plus my 11 inch beard, plus my one inch spur and my one eighth inch spur. So I'm two, two and an eighth. And then you times that. Yeah. So then, but you. It's more than that because you time your you times your longest spur times 2 times that by your beard length. Gotcha. And that gives you your score. Okay. So so it kind of can get kind of crazy. They did it with whitetails and stuff. They do like king of antler guys with the most antler inch and it's just an honor system. It's more fun. They give away a couple different things and the bow league it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, um they run it on go wild and I don't know. I they, I saw they, they said, who wants to be part of it and who kills turkeys? And I said, me. So,
1: I'm in. I like it. Hell yeah. Pretty
2: cool. Get to hunt a couple different states and add it to the list and whatever. I really wanted to shoot the gun, though, because I was I was planning on building the 20-gauge. So, I yeah, got the 20-gauge with
1: tungsten. and Okay, so-, so I'll tell you what. You bring the bow to Virginia. You carry the bow. If we can get it into bow range, whack it with the bow. If not, I'm taking its head off at range.
2: I don't know because I had the 20 gauge. <laughs> I'm like I'm torn here Steve like I'm I'm okay with it like like I, I don't I mean all right I got to shoot one bow out of the whole entire turkey season with the bow right? Because I I at least got to at least put gotta one fourth. Right. I got I got to I got to at least contribute right? right? But everything else dude I built this 20 gauge over and under to shoot tungsten out of why would I not want to
1: use that right? Fair enough. No, I'm just going well, to Oh, i don't know yeah and, i'm i'm with you there and my then competitive I got, side says let's try to get you a big bird because we got big beards here but the other side is i want to see that 20 gauge eat i know the 20 gauge is coming to virginia
2: I'll kill bird up here
1: with a bow. <laughs> you probably got a better chance, too. So.
2: It's, and, you know, the, the other thing I threw in the mix, of course, because it's just me and, I, you know, fuck it. We'll take a week off and we'll head up north moose shed hunting.
1: Right. Yeah. So we take a One week off. out of it. Well, no, you just get a tag in Maine while you're up there. Because so, you know how the birds are in Maine. Actually, you know what? You're You're... You're a fart smeller because I know
2: uh, it's because it's funny is because Mark from nor'easter game calls told me, he's like, dude, I don't understand why you don't come up here and turkey hunt with me. Cause we, you know, like, bro, we haven't hunted together in a couple of years. Why don't you come up here? Turkey hunt. Oh, yep. I smell a divorce, my friend. I smell a divorce. <laughs> I smell it. I smell it. Smell
1: it. Can I Speaking, say, just, just throw your bow on your back while you're out there looking for horns throw some calls down ridges and whatever. If you get one to fire up, get the bird and come in with a moose paddle over one shoulder and a bird over the other. Hmm,
2: I forgot about this. Hmm. All right. I'm so, going to have to think about this. But speaking of Mark from New Easter Game Calls, we got some pretty good news. We've now given away two timber tumblers, custom timber tumblers, outdoor drive timber tumblers. Um, so those have now gone and we're giving away one on Instagram and one on Facebook. And now our next giveaway is Thy Ridge Runner from Noyster Game Calls by the Outdoor Drive podcast.
1: So if you're just listening on YouTube, Trev's actually playing with the call. And his mic does an incredible job of killing the sound. Is it really? Yeah, dude. It does a great job. of. Yeah, it, it's it's there, but it's very light. Oh. It's a good mic. Still does it. All right. Well, anyways, so we have the Ridge Runner
2: <laughs> from New Easter Game Call. So we'll give um, one of these away, and we're going to give it away on YouTube Live on Sunday. This coming up Sunday. We'll give it up on YouTube live. Um, and to enter, you you will have to follow along on either Instagram or Facebook for the rules for that. Um, but we are giving that away, and it will go live on YouTube. So one lucky person will get the Ridge Runner by Norris Game Calls. So yep. Something that Stephen kind of came up with, with, uh, with Norris Game Calls, man. If you want to explain it a little bit, might as well.
1: Basic. I'm no salesman here, so – well, why don't
2: it's, you describe it? Anyways? It's
1: it's a call that originated on Old Rag Mountain out here in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia. An old timer that put this thing together, made it work. Uh, I was handed one of his originals five years ago and always carried it along because it's just a easy pocket type call. You just throw it in there and it just has a unique play, a unique sound, you know, so when birds aren't responding to mouth reads or pot calls that's usually the one I go to first and it does a pretty good job because it has a little different tone but it it sounds pretty when you play it right so I took this call and the guy who made it actually passed away of old age and I wanted to continue it just because it's a cool little call so I shipped it up after last turkey season to Mark and said, Hey, break this thing down and tell me if you can remake it. So he spent a better part of the summer rebuilding this call. And uh, in partnership with him and in, in memory of the original call maker, we have the Ridge Runner.
2: Absolutely, man. So go and check them out in oystergamecalls.com. You can get them over there. Um, they are live and up for sale also, but we will be giving one away this coming up Sunday. Um,
1: It will be serial number 003. That's because 000 is going to the widow. I'm taking one and Trev's taking two. So number three will be the first one on the market in the serial line.
2: So, fuck yeah, man. Awesome. And uh, also on there, there's some turkey pot calls. We have our outdoor series coming out soon. Um, Will we be releasing a little bit about that here um, before Uh, turkey season. So stay tuned for that stuff. Also go and check out uh, wildedgeinc.com, the leader in mobile hunting. Uh, They do have the Berserker and the um, Battlement on sale right now on their website, wildedgeinc.com. And also Broadside Camo, Broadside Camo, the photorealism camouflage for the aerial hunter. Wicked Twisted Bowstrings, wickedtwistedbowstrings.com for all your custom bowstring needs out on the Limb Manufacturing, Out on the Limb, MFG.com for all of your saddle hunting platforms, uh, your hunting camera arms,
1: hunting camera arms. Yeah, arms. we'll say arms and equipment.
2: Yeah, arms and equipment and custom tree stands also. So go check them out, Out on the Limb, MFG.com, Timber Tumblers, timber tumblers.com for all of your custom timber tumblers. Uh, that's a tongue twister. There you go. Steven's showing off his. He's got his logo on the back of it. So go and check those out. You guys can get your own personal ones, or there is an outdoor drive one for you for sale also. And um, last
1: but not least. um, I know you know it. I know you know it. What is it? It helps you ascend for the aerial hunter.
2: No, we have that one already. We already said that.
1: Maybe I don't have it. I told you the way this day's going, dude. I'm not here. <laughs> wow, that's all of them. Yes, I was being funny. Yes, it was noisy no. game calls. Wild no, Edge. It's not, but we can't say. That's right. Maybe next it, week. It's it, yes, it will be out next week. It it will be blasted and ran, and but for the meantime, we're going to keep you guys guessing. That's right maybe a new title sponsor. That's right. Stay tuned. <laughs> I figured that'd be good for you guys.
2: You even had me intrigued. That's it, buddy. That's all of them. And uh, But, you know, before we get too crazy,
1: should we sit back and take a cruise? I do believe we should. All right. Catch up Let's, on the news. Let me uh turn that thing up.
3: Hey everyone, Mike here with some news for your crews. We're gonna kick this one off in Colorado where finally the punishment fits the crime. Uh, Colorado man has now lost his hunting privileges in 48 states uh, that honor the Interstate Wildlife Violators Compact. The only two states that don't are Hawaii and Massachusetts. Uh, The permanent suspension was decided by the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Commission. The hunter had already pleaded guilty to poaching 12 deer, two turkeys, and one bighorn ram. And has served six months in jail, paid $5,500 in fines, and forfeited all weapons used uh, in the uh, poaching incidents. <clears throat> now, the hunter does have 35 days to appeal this, um, but this is a good start. And finally, you know, seeing some of these major poaching cases, I'm glad there's finally one uh, that's made the news that really has a just punishment. So uh, on to Alabama, uh, where the Conservation Advisory Board uh, did not approve changes to the 2022 turkey season proposed by the Wildlife and Freshwater Fisheries Division. Instead, they recommended their own changes, which include uh, delaying the season start from March 20th to March 25th, prohibiting the use of decoys and fans for the first 10 days of the season and decreasing tags from five to four birds. Uh, The board will meet in May to vote on the proposed changes. Uh, Off to New Hampshire. Uh, Fish and Game Department has uh, posted proposed changes for the 2021-2022 hunting and trapping seasons, uh, which is typically done in New Hampshire every two years. Some of the highlights include uh, additional either-sex deer hunting opportunities in several wildlife management units. Allowing crossbows during archery season in wildlife management units L&M. Reducing either sex uh, hunting days in wildlife management units A, B, and C2 to try to get the herds in those areas to recover. Um, And crossbows uh, may be used as a lesser weapon during rifle and muzzle order season without the need to purchase uh, the crossbow permit, the annual crossbow permit. Uh, For bear, uh, proposals include extending the baiting season in several regions by seven days uh, and extending the spot and stalk season in the southeast and southwest two regions uh, by 28 days, and this is due to increasing numbers of bears in those areas. For turkey, uh, permitting 410 and 28-gauge shotguns uh, for taking turkeys, but that's with specific shot restrictions on high-density loads. And for moose, uh, decreasing the moose permits to 42 either sex tags across the state. Um, Some general ones uh, allowing hunters who have already filled their tags to accompany youth hunters and those who have apprentice hunting licenses. Uh, And requiring hunters and trappers to provide the department with lower jaws of harvested fishers uh, to be able to collect better, better data on the populations. Two remote hearings will be held on on the proposals on March 26th at 10 a.m. and March 30th at 6.30 p.m. for the public to provide comments. And written comments can also be submitted on the proposals until April 6th uh, to comments at wildlife.nh.gov. And if you're going to do that, use subject line uh, comments on 2021-22 wildlife rules proposals. Uh, Some more changes, this time in North Carolina, where the Wildlife Resource Commission reviewed and accepted 40 changes to wildlife management, inland fisheries, and game lands on February 25th. Uh, Highlights of these approvals include Sunday hunting on 45 game lands where it was not previously permitted, uh, making six three-day-per-week game lands, now four-day-per-week for hunting. Uh, for the Sunday hunting, the the restrictions regarding firearms and migratory birds are still applicable uh, for these newly open lands. Uh, also, allowing remote trap checking uh, for all trappers, uh, creating and creating a new private land wild quail management areas uh, for qualified property owners to enroll into, and. Uh, combining two catch and release classifications for two public mountain trout waters for clarity. Um, so some good good changes there uh, across the board and uh, hopefully more to come. Um, still a lot of legislative stuff rolling out and try not to bore you guys with all that stuff. So these are some more direct changes that we'll be seeing immediately um, without the back and forth of all the legislative process. So. Lastly, uh, another monster record, in Mon- uh, this time in Montana, where on March 3rd, Robbie Doctor landed a 32 pound, six ounce brown trout on the Marias River. The fish tops the current record, uh, which has stood since 1966 by a full three and a half pounds. And he did it on four pound test uh, while fishing with his daughter. So congrats to Robbie on an absolutely incredible fish. And with that, um, as always, if you have any news to send along to me, some people have been reaching out, which is great, and providing feedback too on the segment. Um, it's always welcome. Reach out to me at Mike Salter on Facebook or bearded underscore bow hundred twenty one on Instagram. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. Good call on that, Trev, because
1: again, I space that one. <laughs>
2: it's all good, dude. It's a it's a rough it's a rough morning for you. I get it. Or afternoon, evening, nighttime, whatever. Whatever they, you're listening to, it's me, rough. <laughs> yeah.
1: But we're here, and this is where we're happy since so, we're in the woods at the moment.
2: Yeah. And we got a pretty special guest, man. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, the man himself, Mr. Bam Bam. Bam 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 Bam.
1: Why, bam Bam. Thank you, ma'am. That's right. All right. Well, let's just throw him off. Let's go. Good luck.
0: <laughs> nice shot. <laughs>
2: Shooter, shooter, big buck.
1: Stack, stack, stack.
2: All right, we're back on the phone with Bam Bam. What's up, bro? How are you? Hold on, boys. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us here on the
1: Outdoor Drive podcast.
0: Absolutely. Sorry,
2: I apologize for being late.
4: Not kind of my fault, but sorry. Yeah,
1: it's all good out here in podcast land. Time to yeah, right. Here. So you it do do whatever you want. that's right. <laughs> it's like being a tattoo
2: artist without being a tattoo artist, right? They just live this <laughs> own crazy life. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I'd say tattoo artists got some pretty crazy lives. My, my tattoo guy, that guy, was, he's calmed down quite a bit over the years. But, man, when we were younger, that that guy, they, those guys are wild. But, yeah, <laughs> I feel that.
2: Before we go on that tangent, man, why don't you tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and what you do?
4: Oh, man, well, I'm Brian Marshall. Everybody calls me Bam or Bam Bam. This little call sign from Marine Corps just stuck. It never went away. I fought it for years, and it just—I just gave up on it because everybody was calling me Bam. Wait,
1: wait, wait! A Marine gave up on something? <laughs>
4: no, well, yeah, I did. <laughs> the problem was I would—we would be at these expos, and people would come up to the booth. And they're like, "Hey, I'm looking for Bam," and I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm Brian. Nice to meet you." And they'd be like, "No, I need Bam," and i would be like, "Yeah, I'm Bam. I'm Brian." You know, like it's just—it's a nickname—and they'd be like, "I feel you." so after like all years of fighting it yeah, I was like yeah, and people go hey I'm told to come talk to me I'm like yo yeah, what's up buddy and I just all my friends called me in, like all my military buddies everyone called me so I kind of gave up on it anyways yeah I live in I live in um, Meridian Idaho which if you follow me on social media everything so I live in Utah because I tag Utah for everything oh, So no it's shit. Like, but, yeah so uh, and uh yeah, so what I, I work for Curt Tech Outdoor Group, with camel company, which is an absolute blast. And I have an organization called Wishes for Warriors where we take out uh, wounded vets uh, that have been wounded, body or mind, and we get them back into – we started out back into the outdoors, but kind of the previous conversation we are having before this was we've shifted gears on all that now. And so now we're doing retreats, we're doing clinics, we're doing family retreats, we're doing um, – couples retreats i mean it's just it's just expanded so much more over the last couple of years and so it's kind of the cliff no elevator pitch that i throw out on this because i go on forever i just got so much crap on my plate but uh yeah it's kind of just a little bit about me i started being losing the marine corps i did two tours overseas and then i got out and i went contracting for a while in afghan and then uh, i did that for a little bit and probably the worst job i've ever had in my life and I got fired from that, and that was a blessing. And then, only job I've ever been fired from. And so, then I ended up coming back and starting an executive security company for a while. We ended up hiring like almost 200 vets. I think at the end, it was like 180 vets that we hired in just a couple of years, and provided a lot of jobs all over the country for that. And then I ended up walking away from that and just and starting a new life and just moving, and getting out. And I wanted a better life for my kids, and kind of ended up where we're at now. And then just kind of living the life now, you know, and just. Trying to hunt and fish as much as I can, and teach my kids everything I know. It's kind of it's my mission in life now.
1: Nice, I like it. Yep. Yeah. So
4: it's a good time. I really enjoy it. I love where we live, and we have the freedom to go out to one of the most most public land acreage out of any of the United states. I think besides Alaska, we come in number two for most public land. And then you know, it's just we we hunt our asses off. You know, and my girls love it. I have two daughters, and. One's twelve and one's five and are about to be six and I'm sorry, six and twelve and then ones about to be thirteen and seven here this summer. So um, I'm gonna have a teenager, which is so weird to me. I'm just there Good like I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a teenager. Like God, I'm getting old. So yeah, it's, it's been a hell of a ride.
2: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that.
4: No, I mean it's, it's weird. I just we just finished the, uh, a snowboarding clinic. Uh, last week we flew a bunch of vets to Salt Lake City, and we had some pros come out to spend a week with them, and and it was an absolute success. But i mean it was that come to Jesus moment for me because I realized I am not 25 anymore. So <laughs> I'm still feeling it. Like I came home on a Friday, and I laid all. I'm talking Saturday and Sunday. I didn't even get off the couch. Like my body hurt, and it was just. I can't snowboard three, four days in a row anymore. I get one, I get, I go off for a night run here up to the local mountain and I come back and I feel like I'm beat up for a week. But God, trying to hang with those guys. But I did, I hung in there, but the joints are definitely feeling it at 36. So it's, it's rough. Um, I might just go and just watch from now on and just in support from afar, but I don't know if I can do the week long trips with these guys. I got to so, start finding some yeah. new reps to take these guys out. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> Trev, take heed. If he feels like this on the mountains in Idaho, that's kind of what you're going to run into when we're out there in October. I can only Oh, imagine, yeah. You guys know, come time. out
4: for uh, your hunter, what?
1: Yeah, I'm going to bring him out uh, mid-October-ish. We're going to go a little bit north of Burley. My brother's got a ranch okay. out there. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. We're going to go out there and uh, give him the Western experience, do the whole horseback and – oh man the
4: horseback is so much fun i it's a blast i, I love it there's nothing better than that I could be in the backcountry on a horse yeah. unless you haven't ridden a horse forever oh my god man i sometimes it's almost better to walk i did a, a couple of my buddies we did <laughs> we did a backcountry horse trip years ago and it was like my first time like really spending time on a horse and of course this fucking horse is this guy's like yeah it's a pretty wide horse but you'll be good i didn't know what that meant Dude, we did like three days in a row, like 20 miles a day. And I killed two deer two days in a row. And we're we're packing out had, we're I mean, we're straight, we're going straight down. We're hauling ass, try to get back. It's Christmas or it's Halloween day. And I'm looking at the my buddies in front of me, and I, I swear to God, my hips are coming out. Like they're they're pulling out of the hip the that socket. <laughs> it was, it's, and I'm like holding, I'm just like trying to like adjust and move. And I'm just like, dude, this sucks. Like in my head, I'm like, this is horrible. I'd rather be walking right now. And nobody that knows me has ever heard me say that I would rather walk. And like, I lean forward, I'm like, hey Steve. And I get the guy's attention. I'm like, you guys, cause they just look like they're riding or just riding around. I'm back there and it's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like I'm in so much pain. Like this is horrible. Like this is miserable. Thank God I'm killed out. We're going home. Like I just got to suffer for like another eight miles and I look at them and I call them and they look back. I'm like, are you guys hurt? And my other buddy's like, oh God, dude, I'm about to start walking. I was like, okay, as long as I'm not suffering alone, we're good. Like I can suffer with other guys all day, but by myself, no way. And it was brutal. But I mean, it was so much fun. I mean, got to be able to cover that much ground, to be able to glass off of horseback. I mean, it's it's a blast. I love it.
1: I'm watching faces turn green as Trev hears this. <laughs> That's it, man. I don't ride. I don't ride horses. I'm a city boy from the East coast. So um, yeah, he, he's getting a lot of first we're not just putting him on like trail horses and guide horses. He's going out on working ranching cattle horses.
4: Yes. High dollar
1: cattle horses. That'll be fun. So. where are you out of? I am in Front Royal, Virginia. So up in the Shenandoah okay. mountains. Got it. Okay. Virginia's beautiful,
4: man. I love it out there.
1: Yeah. Well, what you guys came out here for is not exactly fun. No, 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 no. (laughs) I, No. I don't envy the days I have to go anywhere near Quantico
4: yeah i dodged quantico for sure like that i mean i had a chance to go be an instructor there and i was just like absolutely not i wanted nothing to do i'm from the east coast originally i'm from upstate New oh, okay. york yeah oh, I'm, oh, I'm from I'm
2: connecticut so
4: okay yeah yeah, i'm from thousand islands like literally on yeah. the canadian border so yep. real new york we don't claim the city or i've never <laughs> been to new york city which is so funny being from new york but yeah man it was just it's one of those things i had a couple and then i had orders in lejeune like that's why i got out mm. of the marine corps they actually cut me orders to go to lejeune and i was like fuck, enough i'm done said. no way
1: enough so, said you
4: know, and I was literally turning a re listed package and we're like, cool, you're re listing Here's your orders to Lejeune. And I was like, I looked at him and I was Let like, Let me pull it back. Absolutely not. And I went in and I shredded my file and I got out. I went and did my checkout and I was like, I'm out. I'm not going to Lejeune. Nice. Yeah, that was that was my deciding factor. It was orders to and
1: I was like, dude. Where were you based at before? Pendleton, Pendleton. yeah
4: del mar right on the beach I mean, oh yeah he goes, from, he goes from del mar literally being stationed on the beach del mar beach in california for eight years they're like you're gonna go lose you with all these hillbillies. and i was like nah
1: everyone so- makes fun of the hollywood marines but let's face it life is much better
4: i mean i'm a paris island marine i can say that so in yeah. paris island i'll claim that's the, i i got that title but Hey, after that, I'd rather be stationed at Cal. I mean, we're on the beach, literally. We're in Sydney. So our job is, all- I, mean, I work on the beach in California. When I mean, we smelt the ocean, I mean, the ocean was right there, 100 yards from us. So it's definitely the best place to be stationed. And once I saw that, and there was, I, was, I ended up picking up staff. I picked up e 6 and they were real low in Lejeune at the time for staff sergeants. So they were literally shipping every to staff. pull billets. Mm-hmm. Nope. They, were, they had to fill those billets and they're like hey you're next in line and I was like no I'm not so See, that's that's
1: what you get for having good PFT scores good rifle scores and then they mm-hmm. go here's an armpit get in it
4: yeah, exactly man <laughs> exactly if I would have known I would have just kind of like been a little bit of a bigger I was a pretty big turd to begin with though that's a crazy <laughs> but I, was, I mean I was a good Marine I'm a, I was a great marine, marine but like when it came to like the politics and being obedient, I was a turd. I, I skated so hard to get out of work. I would cut corners on everything, but, like, my, my team had the highest scores, the highest PFT scores. Our students had the highest scores overall, like, because I was an instructor at the time, and then, you know, I, met, I ended up pitting on staff in six years and, you know, having my own team, and then that's when I was re and they were, like, they tried to slip it in. They're, like, oh, yeah, you're, you're going to Lejeune. And I was, like, and Lejeune is not for guys like like me, like we don't last out there. It's like, you know, it's a different world. Lejeune Marines are completely different than Pendleton Marines. I mean, we'd go surfing and breathe for lunch. you are like, we're on the beach and these dudes are like running three miles and stuff. Like, we do not do that. Or at least you see, I don't know, if things have changed. Like, we were, it's so much, it's night and day. It's so much more chill on, on Pendleton. And we'll get these Lejeune Marines that would transfer out to us and they'd come screaming and all high and tight and motor and perfect everything. We're like, bro, you got chill like just chill dude like you know like take that simmer down we don't work that way around here this is this is a an easy post for us we're all instructors just we didn't we don't got to try to reinvent the wheel Just shut up and and do instructing that's what it was it was weird sometimes so
1: (laughs) i know right now there there's a buddy of ours that's sitting and watching this and gunny you know who you are uh you're probably sitting and cringing right now going damn west coasters
2: Oh
4: yeah. And I had buddies that were west coast Marines and they'd go out to Lejeune and I mean, dude, they were the most squared away best Marines. I'm talking meritorious promotion. I mean, they would go up for all these boards and I was just like, fuck it. I'm just here for a paycheck. Right. I just looked at the Marine Corps. as a nine to five job for me. And I mean, obviously I joined, I joined and deployed, but once the war was over and you we were all done, I mean, it was just literally, okay, this is my job. You know, I plan on career and I wanted to do 20 years and then obviously things change. And God, dude, I had buddies like, oh, I got orders in June. I'm going to Quantico. I'm going here. And dude, they, within a year or two, all at either NJP or non-rec or something, just because they're just, and these were squared away guys. I mean, guys that were on laps around me, circles around me. And so... I'd see that and be like, God, I wouldn't laugh. It was always a joke to be like, Jesus Bam, like you can never last a minute was you. And I'm like, yeah, fuck that place. Like I'm never going there. And then all of a sudden I get orders and I'm like, oh, I'm done. Like, my out. career is over. <laughs> my career is over if I go out there. Cause I'm gonna tell somebody to piss off real quick. I, I had a mouth on me. I was I was pretty belligerent when I was in. Like I, not like I was in a bad way, but like I spoke my opinion, you know, it's like I don't care if it's a military or not. And then, you know, the old military saying, well, if you don't like it, pick up rank. And then I finally picked up E6. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Things are changing now. Nothing <laughs> changes. are like, well, you like it, pick up Gunny. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I just picked up Staff Sergeant. I got to pick up Gunny. So, yep. yeah, I got those orders. And I was like, well, I'm out. Like, yep, I'm, out. I'm out. Time for I don't blame do you. Yeah. So, I ended up getting out and going straight to pack the Afghan. Contracting over there for a while, which was horrible—one <laughs> of the worst jobs I've ever had in my life. But yeah, it was—it was an interesting time.
1: That—that's the one job I'm glad I decided not to take. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, was, I wanted to. It sounded cool. The money sounds cool. Going back and doing it as an operator sounds cool. Yeah, it's not that yeah. cool. <laughs>
4: it's really not, man. I mean, the the GWAT money isn't there anymore. You know. I mean, yeah, you're getting yep. paid—I don't know, seven, eight hundred dollars a day. Whatever, right? Just I mean, obviously some contracts are more, some are less, but yeah, it was just the living conditions were horrible. We were living with these Gurkhas, the Nepalese warriors from the, you know, the I don't know if anybody knows the history of the Gurkhas, just Google it. Anyways, so we get told we have these these warriors that are coming from Nepal, and these are like picked, picked, the handpicked by the prince. I, I, it was this whole story we were told. We're like, cool, we're gonna get some bad badass dudes that we're gonna be working with. Dude, we get there these motherfuckers are like farmers that they just, they happen to be from Nepal and the Gurkha and apparently there's different levels and tiers of Gurkhas and we got like the C team, right? So these (laughs) dudes, oh my God, it was a shit show, bro. Like we're we're trying to like, the company that had the contract lost the contract and we were taking over. So we literally are like building all new bases. We're like trying to like stand up this new company. We're the first guys there. And, dude, it was – it's a nightmare. I mean, these guys, they're jerking off everywhere. I've never seen so many – no, I'm not
1: even kidding, bro. It was horrible. No, sh- I, I know what you mean. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> There's shower
4: babies everywhere. I mean, you had to, like, wash everything down because we were sharing bathrooms with some of these guys. I got lucky enough and we were living in, in these villas that had our own – like, these mansions that had our own rooms. But for the most of the guys that were living in, like, these big – can cities and they had like squad bay type bathroom, you know, mm-hmm. with fifty sinks and fifty showers in them, where we had to share them with the Gurkhas. And oh my God, man! And then these dudes would just blow their their snot everywhere. So you go to like brush your teeth at night, you start off shift of eighteen hours, you just want a hot shower and like brush your teeth, go to bed, and you're like dodging shower babies. Green snot rockets all over the scenes here. It's like fuck, dude. It was horrible working with those guys. We all had dysentery, I had dysentery for a month. I lost 30 pounds in like 15 uh-huh. days. It was horrible, bro. Horrible. And I and then yeah, it was just, it was a it was a pretty bad. I still have some buddies, and this was 2000, fuck 2012, 2013. And I still have buddies that are working over there. And there's like they, they hate it to this day, but they're stacking money, you know, single guys it's definitely not for the married, married guy, you know, like the rotations, it could be pretty rough, but um, yeah, it's, it's contracting is definitely not what, I mean, who knows, it's going to probably pick back up now we got dipshit in office. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get some contracts going pretty soon. So I'm hey, already dropping
1: it. them on our end again. So here we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll
4: get some new some new contracting money. If that's the case, I might jump back on one if the money's right. So I
1: don't
4: know. <laughs> I mean, those fifteen hundred dollar a day paychecks I and mean, making fifteen hundred those days don't suck, you know, but I mean, it just kind of piddled out because everybody got out of the military. There was a big push for it. And so there's so many contractors and they're just like, oh, I'll just give you $500 a day. And they're like, okay, just take it. And I'm like, no, I'm
2: out. Yeah. Crazy. So what made you start the wishes for warriors?
4: Um, honestly, man. I mean, it's just, I had a couple of buddies that uh, had gotten hit and got went through some pretty dark spots and I helped them out. And a couple of my buddies and I, we kind of came together and teamed up and, flew out to a couple of buddies' houses and, and pretty much were just the complete opposite. I didn't know. I was just a Marine, right? And we had some buddies and looking back at it now it was a complete shit show. Like we went, I had a buddy's mom call me and you know, he was in a pretty dark spot and she thought he was going to kill himself. And so we, uh, we flew out three of my buddies and, uh, and we took this to the strip clubs and just got them fucked up. And it was a shit show. Like everything you should not do. I, this is before my organization. You I mean, listening. This is way before wishes,
1: right? This was and a so, bunch of Marines getting together.
4: Yeah, we're just taking boys, care of each other, so, right? Yeah, right. And so just doing what we know. This the get fucked up and try to hook up with chicks and go to strip clubs. And, and in Pennsylvania, you could bring your own cooler in. So it's BYOD and some of these strip clubs, like sort of walking with those giant like Walmart coolers, like the five footers, you know, <laughs> like full of just like Yingling And it, it was, it was, a, it, was a, it was a disaster. But anyways, the guy ended up making like a full recovery. It, it re sparked that fire in him. And so I kind of always knew. And then I ended up losing my best friend in Iraq and, um, I always had that, like, man, I just want to get back through. But, you know, being in the Marine crew or contract, you just don't have time for anything. Like, you're owned, you know, like, you're, it's not your time. And so, once I was done with everything and, and transitioned to the civilian world, I, uh, I had a pretty really good job at the time, started a company, and, and things were going really good. So, I had a lot of free time. And so, I was sitting on a mountain in, in Cali one day where I was up in Northern California and I was hunting pig with a buddy. And i like, when I say hunting pigs, like this is like Texas hunting. This is like mountain hunting. I mean, you are hiking your ass off to try to kill a freaking You're pig. You're talking
1: like up towards Monument Valley, Bishop, Twin Lakes. Um, this was in Hollister, outside of Hollister. Okay. We,
4: we, my buddy had a big ranch out there and... It was unreal. I mean, dude, you're talking mountains, and so you know, I'm sitting there one day, and I'm like, God, like, how do I get vets here? Like, it'd be awesome bring some guys up here. And he's like, Damn, you get them here, we'll 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 get them on pigs or deer or whatever. I was like, All right. He's like, Just just get them up here. So I had like a like an 11 hour drive home or 10 hour drive home, and the whole time I'm like, God, like, how do I get these guys? I was like, You know what? I'm just gonna start a little something, raise a little bit of money, take out four or five guys a year. Like that was my initial goal with it was four or five guys. Cool. I'm doing my part. It'll make me feel good. I get to get some guys out. Yeah, that lasted like six months. I mean, we hit that immediately. And then the, the ball started rolling with us and sponsors and support. And then we just had all this growth on social and there was now everybody knew who we were. And so it took off. and went a lot bigger than I, what I expected or what I, I wanted it to. Like it was never my goal to be to where we are today, And so it was, it's tough. You know, I just went from being a Marine and, you know, a dad and just living my own life to now it's like, okay, I'm running an organization. Holy shit. Like, how do I do this? You know, and we've made a lot of mistakes along the way and we've, but you learn from them, you know, and just doing it. And so now it's like, we have programs, we have programs for couples. We have programs for kids that have lost um, loved ones overseas we have retreats we have seminars we do hunting retreats i mean name it we're we're doing it now for these guys and it's just we've evolved over the years and so we started out strictly hunting like that obviously that's my passion and that's what i wanted to get these guys back out kind of how we were talking about earlier with you know going to walter reed and seeing these guys laying in beds and being like hey let's go you know like i was taking guys out that were literally just left walter reed where their stitches weren't even like healed up yet these guys are running we're we're chasing pigs and deer like they're bleeding it was a shit show right but i mean (laughs) these guys wanted to go and how do you say no to it and so you know now that the time of pulling guys out of their beds or out of you know the little dark spots of just coming back from war and it being really fresh those days have kind of faded away a little bit which is great like i am so glad we're past that phase and, but then once you, once a phase passes, you go to a new chapter. And so it's like, now things are changing. So instead of pulling guys off now, it's like, Hey, I'm ready for the next hunt. Hey, I want to do this. I want to do this. So what we started doing was more doing clinics. And so it, which it's, it's more of a camaraderie thing now. And so like, we just finished up a big snowboarding clinic, you know, in salt Lake city last week, I flew in 11 guys. We rented this giant house for Airbnb, which is, I mean, the people hooked us up. It was dirt cheap, pretty much gave it to us. The resorts hooked us up with all of the tickets. And these guys, they just had the time of their life. You know, we had this, this pro come out and spend every day with them, teaching them everything and teach them how to do tricks and how to take off, you know, hit hit a jump right. And it was just awesome, you know. And so before, the I was like, hey, we want to do the individual hunts. We could spend time with these guys, which is what we needed. You know, when we're pulling those guys out of yep. – their basement or out of their dark room or out of a hospital, but they needed the one-on-one interaction. Like that was so crucial for these guys. And they they just needed to know that they had a foundation or a brother. Right. So now that they've gone through most of the healing process, now what they're looking for is the camaraderie. They need the brotherhood. They want friends. And so just these simple events, a snowboarding trip, you know, it's, it's so great for these guys because now they're coming from all over the country They're under one roof, like we used to, you know, we'd all get a hotel room. Well, there's no bonding there's no talk there's no bullshit like after the event's over everybody just goes back to the room and goes to bed for the night now that we're staying in like a camp or Airbnb like everybody's contributing like everybody will pick meals every night we'll go buy all the food as a staff and then like guys will be like oh I want to do chicken one night and I'll do the steaks and so you know and then they're all just talking crap army versus marines and unfortunately <laughs> sometimes we get like an air force or like you know on, on occasion some guy, semen
1: is spilled
4: <laughs> we'll get some semen in the house and, 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 and those guys <laughs> I just get it from every end, you know. Well, <laughs> literally,
1: that's why. Literally. They're
4: <laughs> so you know, it's just one of those things, and so now it's 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 grown into. We have we fund uh homeless vets every year, work with companies to clothe them and, and get them food, and it's just grown so much, and it's awesome. Like it's tough. I mean, running an organization is a complete nightmare, to be honest with you, from a founder president roles because we're not trying to get to that big level where we have big corporate money or, or strings attached and things like that. We're trying to keep, I mean, I'm sitting in my office. This is, this is Wish headquarters this is in my house, right? We don't have an office. We don't rent spaces. We try to keep our costs at an absolute minimum as much as we can. And it's just, it's a lot, you know, especially doing it just to do it. You know, we don't, I mean, some guys are we're bringing guys on that actually going to actually gonna be finally paid positions. But I mean, all these years, we just, everything that's gone to the program has gone straight back into it. And so it's, it's really hard to do that and to try to grow to a level and figure out how to, the checks and balances of how to raise money, but also save as much money and save costs on things. So right. there's a lot, like I get up a lot about, Hey, I'm thinking about starting an organization. My response to everybody is don't, don't. Like, <laughs> find an organization that you love and support and support it. Volunteer, do that for a year and tell me if that passion's still there because yeah. it's you know, we go through so many volunteers and so many guys that you know that want to jump on board. Then they realize like this isn't easy. Like we get phone calls at four in the morning, some guy that's on the edge, you know, and it's like you can't just ignore it. You have to take their call, and then you're up for two, three hours all night, and then you hang up with them, and you got to go to fucking work in the morning, you know. So it's it's not easy, and you've been up for the last four or five hours dealing with some guy that you know is struggling or going through some hard times, which it's it's worth it. Like you know, it's if that's what's going to help this guy is. You know, me being on the phone with them, we do it. And so it's just, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into having an organization, but it's worth it. You know, when you see these guys, like the last week's trip, the two of my reps, the only only reason I really went on that trip was because I have two reps that were kind of training and they're taking over this, they're building this program themselves. And so I kind of wanted to go and mentor it and just see how things are flowing and, and things like that. And it was great. You know, like obviously there's a lot of learning that has to go into it. There's a lot to go, but these were guys that were part of the program seven years ago. Yep. One guy took to Mexico and another guy took on a Turkey hunt. And they've, I mean, they've gone through the program. Now they are the program. And so it's really cool from my point to see these guys make a complete circle, you know, from going from, you know, a dark place or just wanting to figure out life after losing the leg. And we helped them out you know like i said seven years ago and now they're running their own their own program so you know it's it's really cool and that's that's what it's rewarding to me is when you can see like you know the healing process and now they're giving back to the veteran community so to from, from a founder or president of an organization like that's the biggest reward to me right now is watching these vets that i helped years ago now they're part of the program and now they're doing it so i'm kind of stepping back and letting these guys grow their programs and it's it's awesome you know like i have a nine-to-five job and so it's like you know i took a few years off and it was awesome i was able to really grow the organization but now that i'm back you know and living the domesticated life in an office, it's uh it's good to see these guys taking over and running with it, and they're killing it, man. I mean, they're so motivated, and it's just awesome to be able to see, to see the joy that it's giving to them that they're able to help the veteran community now instead of being the veteran community that needs help, they're able to provide it.
1: So it's it's pretty good, it's pretty rewarding for me. Yeah, yeah, I can I can definitely relate. Went through the same path myself. Uh, like I said, come top beforehand, came back from the war was kind of in a, a dark hole and got hooked up with some really good folks took me out on a my first turkey hunt as well that's good did that did it for a few I think I did five or six hunts with them and you know I've I grew up out west in Arizona yep. hunting elk mule deer you know doing the whole shebang but I didn't know anything about the east coast so yeah once they got my feet grounded you know I was capable of going out and doing it myself but I wanted to return the favor So, I started guiding a hunt every year for the program up here in the Shenandoah. That's good, man. That's awesome. And and I really quickly ran into all of those pitfalls and things you were talking about. You start seeing the internal workings and, Mm -hmm. you know, the the pool of applicants going from, you know, fresh injuries and needing this now to needing that camaraderie. Because let's face it, nothing's better than getting a pile of vets in a room and watching the chaos fly.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. So
1: seeing that whole transition, man, I I completely get it and it's needed. It's something that, you know, we look back on the Vietnam era guys, they didn't get this. Mm -hmm. So I think this is one thing we've done right is creating these groups where we can take people, give our passion for the outdoors and help them reconnect, teach them to go out and do this themselves. They now feel accomplished because they can go do this. And they may bring someone else on and help them out down the road. Absolutely. You yep. know, it just it, it's a We'll say it's a butterfly effect. You know, it's just yeah. going to spread.
4: It really is, man. It's, it's a trickle effect. And, and a lot of these guys, they leave super motivated. You know, we have a couple of guys who just left this trip. and They reached out and they're like, hey, if I could ever be involved, let us know. And I'm like, you don't want to be involved. <laughs> you <know>? like, just, <laughs> just,
1: just, just enjoy
4: it. <laughs> just enjoy it while you, while you can, you know. And so... Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really rewarding. That's all it takes. It's just, it's, it, and the craziest part that I learned in the beginning, I would go like, man, we need this elk hunt. We need this trophy deer. This, we want to kill the biggest things possible. Right. And I learned really quick that it doesn't even matter about the animal. And if it does the vets in it for the wrong reason, he doesn't yep. need help. It, right. And so then it became like, man, I don't need that hunt that's going to cost me this. I can go and take five guys on a turkey hunt for a quarter of the price, and they're going to have more memories, more laughter, a camaraderie, friends built from a fucking turkey hunt. That It's a turkey, right? Like, granted, it's probably on some people's bucket list, but, like, doesn't take much to kill a bird. And so it's like, send these guys, let them have the time of their life. And so that's kind of where we've evolved. And then we did a poll this year of guys like me, you know, on social media, we're like, Hey, what do you want? What, if you could learn one thing in 2021, what would it be? And it came back fly fishing, how to tie fly rod or flies. And it was like learning how to hunt. And so it kind of hit me. It was like in the beginning days, when we were doing the one-on-one stuff, we would, um, Get these guys sponsored by either Crypt tech or you know Under Armour. We try to get them, you know, buy those and all this stuff. And then the guy we take them on a trip. But then, you know, I'm I guide, you know, right. deer hunts um, outside of my normal job. So you know, I'm used to taking care of clients. Like as soon as deer and elk's on the ground, it's it's work time, right? Like that's my favorite part. I love skinning. I love core. I love packing stuff out. Like that's what, like my favorite part is is like taking care of processing the animal, and so. This year, it's like one of our biggest angles. So many vets are like, "I want to learn how to hunt." And so right now, what we're looking to do is, we're putting together all these seminars for next fall. They might just be doe tags or cow elk tags, but we're going to take like it's going to be a hunting one-on-one program. So we've never really done big groups uh, on hunting trips, just because it's a lot to to be able to to monitor. It's 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 a a lot, especially when you're trying to produce an animal. It's it's hard to kill one decent animal in a week, let alone five, six, or seven, unless you're in Texas. And so. Man, you can just kill whatever as much as you want. But so what we're looking to do right now is, is we're picking, we're trying to find a couple of ranches just for a doe and caltex and to take these vets out and be like, okay, like this is how you spot stock. This is how how I would set up this will wait, like just literally the basics, the fundamentals of a guy that's never done this in his life. Taking the shot. And then the work begins how to quarter it. How do you even position an animal on the ground once it's on the ground? Like I've seen, I've watched guys that, have, that I looked up to in the hunting world and I finally get to go home with them. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, why would you do it this way? But then you don't really want to say anything because I feel like the guy's so much more like an expert than I am. And then I'm like looking like,
1: look, you can look <laughs> as good as you want on film all day and fake it. Mm-hmm when it's time to put up, you better put up or shut up.
4: Dude, I've taken, I've taken these hunters, these pro hunters and huntresses, them and their husbands and kill stuff with them. And they stand there and look at you. Like you got a dick stuck to your forehead. Cause they have no idea what they're doing. And I'm just like, yeah, your whole social media is built around hunting. You don't even know how to like, I Which went, I they pay them. for
1: a guide everywhere they go.
4: Yep. I took a couple and some kids out and they came along and these people are supposed to be expert hunters. They, I started cornering. They're like, Oh, are you going to gut? I'm like, no, I wouldn't got this. You know, it's public land. Like we're packing it. I'm like, no, we're not going to gut. This yeah. what do you mean? You're not going to gut it. And I'm like,
1: it's the gut. What do you method. mean?
4: What do you, yeah. Like, we're going to go gutless. we so are like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, do you not? And like, I was confused. I'm like, these are, <laughs> Instagram hunters, right? And I'm like, what? I'm like, they're like yeah, we got to gut it. And I'm like, we're not gutting these deer. Like, there's, I don't gut anything if I don't have to. And I'm like, no, we're not. And so I had to show these people while I'm trying to teach these kids on a youth hunt of how to like do a gutlet. And they didn't even know how to like properly skin. It was just a nightmare. So I was like, man, if these fake Instagram celebrity hunters don't even know a gut, I'm like, there's vets that. If you just didn't grow up in that world, they don't know. And how do you start? So that's our, we're, we're, I'm really excited for that program next year. I'm hoping to lock on some places so we can just take these guys out. And it's literally like, Hey, I'm going to be standing over your shoulder. Like, this is how you do it. And we're going to teach them how to gut. We'll teach them how to quarter, how to debone, how to pack a pack. Like just the process, because I want these guys to go home and I want them to do it. Like go, you know, I, I I'm one of those guys. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like when I moved here, I had no idea on west well, I I mean, I. I Western hunting, but I wasn't big into it. I was an East coast hunter, you know, I grew up hunting waterfowl. We were hunting big water, white town, Turkey, you know? And so I come out to, 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 here and it's out West and it's like, Holy shit. Like I got to climb this mountain. I got to find water. I got to find a water source. Cause I'm going to be out here for a week. Like I got to pack the right food. There's so much. And I, I'm the kind of guy like, I'm going to learn it because I'm going to get wet. I'm going to get, I'm going to be starving. I'm not going to have the proper gear. And then that's how you learn. But I want to be able to show these vets and give it on the right platform and be like, go. And we're here for, Mentors, you got any questions? Like, have at it. But at least they have the knives. They know how to skin. Like, they they could go home with the concept, right? And it's like it's not hard. Once you, it's just doing it. Yeah, when you have and that so foundation,
1: you can go out mm-hmm. and start doing it, perfecting it your way.
4: Yep, absolutely. And that's, and so, that's it. And we're really excited. So that's, those are programs. Or, those are our next clinics, um, our hunting clinics. So it'll be, you know, a good group of guys and they go up and then they get to bring food home and they get to provide for their families and they feel accomplished. Like every, I love, I mean, my wife hates it cause it's non-stop, She says, but I <laughs> every time I leave, I'm bringing something home. And like, I'm probably my daughters are standing with me and we're processing it and we're vacuum sealing it or we're canning it. Like, you know, there's so much that goes into it. Like that's my favorite part. It's, I mean, I love killing things. Like, don't get me wrong. But the process afterward, I really enjoy and I enjoy it more and more every year because then I get to see it. And like We're trying new recipes, we're trying new ways to preserve stuff. And so it's all, and I want to teach this to as many guys as I can. Like, I don't want to be some big platform where they have to watch or subscribe. I want to be able to take them and put their hands up inside of a deer or try to roll this cow elk over by yourself okay this is how I would do it you know like we're on a pretty steep slope we need to tie it off or just little things like that that I've learned by moving an animal and watching it roll to the bottom of a canyon it's like fuck ah, <laughs> like Whoops. okay next time I will have a mule tail over the time you know just so those are the things that we're looking to do with these guys and uh, it's, it's fun. You know, we've made a lot of changes and shifts in the program, it's going from one-on-one, just strictly hunting. Now we're doing clinics all over the country for everything. We have fly fishing clinics lined up this year. We got downhill mountain biking clinics for this year. It's cool, man. I'm really, it's, it's fun. Like it's, it's, so, it, that's when I, I get to really enjoy things is seeing these vets and learning. I want to watch these guys learn. I want to be able to watch them go home. Then they're tagging us on social media, sitting in the blind with, with everything they learn. Like that's, that's what means the most to me. And nice. it's definitely Sorry, that was a long tangent
1: but no it was perfect <laughs> it's good
2: man yeah well, but it's it's definitely going to put them in a perspective to be able to do that for a long time and not just do it one time where you know i've heard stories from steven and stuff and guys will repeat come because they haven't really you know they just they want you to hunt with them but at least they're able to go out there and hunt and keep continually doing it you know and and then i think that's more of a way of saving some of those veterans that come home
4: Absolutely. And, and, it, and hunting is, uh, I feel like it's intimidating these days, you know, you look on social media and it's like these guys just killing giant shit, you know, and then it's such a competitive shit talking world that. And I'm guilty, everybody's guilty of it. I mean, we make fun of all the Utahs so much because they just kill every young fork. But besides that, (laughs) uh, you know, it's intimidating. Like these guys are out there. And I mean, I look up to some of these guys and I'm just like, what? Like I ask questions. I just don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks. So I'll be like, hey, what are you running for this system? Or hey, what's your tent system? But I get people like, hey, man, I'm so sorry for asking, but I just don't know. And I'm like, don't be sorry, just ask. But there's so many of these, like, influencers and hunting celebrities that are, are, I don't I reach out to people and I, they won't even respond to me. And I'm just like, man, like, I'm just trying to, like, I don't, I'm not trying to figure out where you hunt. I just want, like, a tip or advice on these things. And so I feel that vets, they have no idea where to start. Like, where do they even ask? Well, it's kind of, and I've had guys like "Man, Like, I wish I could, I have guys on on trips with me. Like, man, I wish I would just ask you years ago. I'm like, why didn't you, like, Oh, I just didn't know. And it's kind of a tidbit like So I want to kind of get rid of that and be like, here's your questions. It's it's these classes will literally be for hunters. One-on-one guys that have never hunted before, or maybe get a waterfall, They just don't, or they've gone and never killed anything. And so that's where I want to get rid of that. So these guys are confident and they can go home and teach a couple other vets. And then it's that trickle, the butterfly effect, you know, it just, it just starts trickling. And before you know it, who knows, we could have a really awesome program where these guys are, that I take out they're a beginner and maybe they might be running a program in a year or two. So that's kind of really what I'm looking forward to.
2: No, I agree with that. And I think it's a great thing because I think social media has kind of turned it to where, you know, even new hunters, even not a veteran, but they, they go into it and then they don't, they see everybody's favorite them.
1: topic, by the way, <laughs> it is. I
2: love this topic, but anyway, so they go in and, and they, they, you know, they'll, they shoot that big buck or whatever, but they're not teaching people how to actually do something. And then that newer hunter, whether veteran or not, goes in and ask a question and they just get straight up ridiculed one way down the other. And they just feel like a piece exactly. of shit. And then they're, yeah. they're going to be turned off from this sport. They really yeah. are.
4: They really are. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate because now it's, it's instead of hunting, just being awesome and providing and, I, and I've grown a lot over the last couple of years, especially with my daughters. They've, they've humbled me big time. Like, I was that guy, like, look at this idiot killed a two year old mule deer. Like, what the fuck is your. like? The... But these are guys that are like consistently every year killing little, little young bucks and then they bitch about not having deer numbers. But like, that's ruined it for the beginners, right? Because now the beginners still there, they got to go out and kill a fucking 190 buck. It's like, dude, who cares? Okay. Go out kill for two, three years, kill, kill in the first thing you see, just kill it. Right? Like don't hold out. Don't pass. Just have fun, have fun. Just, just go out and enjoy it. Enjoy the outdoors. You shoot a doe, be proud of that shit. You know, it's like, especially with your first couple of seasons, Just enjoy it. Then, once you have that basis and you learn, you're like, okay, I really screwed up that stock that one time. I'm gonna change this, or man, my sand is wrong for this type of wind. I gotta, it's just learning, right? Mm -hmm. And then you, okay, well, I shot the way that I've taught my daughter is like, okay, like, you shoot your first animal. Guess what? Next year it's gonna be bigger, equal to or bigger, everything bears, deer you name it it's equal to or bigger we never shooting and so my daughter this year i mean she passed 20 bears and so that was on her i was trusting after like the fifth bear, i was like fucking shoot that bear like i'm i'm over the season it was the longest season of bear hunting ever because she's passed i was like okay that's she's like is that a mature bear i was like it's not and she's like i'm good And i'm like you know you're fine not killing anything the whole season if you want a mature beard she's like yeah i'm fine with it she ended up hammering a really good boar, but uh but it's one of those things, like I want her to, I'm, the bar should be set every dozen. You don't need to come out and hit the grand slam, shoot two or three in a couple of years in a row. Then, okay, I'm gonna just go for a, a buck. Okay, I shot a fork last year, I'm gonna do something a little bit bigger, you know, then gradually grow into it. But now it's just like, oh, 200 inch muley, 400 inch bull, that's all you're seeing. Yeah, people like killing big shit, and that's awesome. But like those guys never go back and talk about their first animal or it took them 15 years. It took them 15 years to get to a point where they know where these moolies are living in the summertime, and they're putting trail cams 30 miles back in these basins that you could never get to, and they're tracking. I mean, these guys are putting in so much, but they just think that this 200-inch deer just popped up out of nowhere. Sometimes, yes, the people get lucky, but they don't realize what it took. That guy didn't just start out killing giants. He probably killed, you know, a couple of forks and and some does and things like that. And then look at him now. He's, he's down the road. I mean, everybody needs to go through that stage. And it's like, I, I talked to some of these vets, so like, you oh, know, I've been hunting three years. I haven't killed anything. I'm like, why? They're like, well, I don't know. I just haven't seen anything big enough. I'm like, what, the f- what is big enough? Like,
1: well, I haven't killed anything in three years. What, it, what do you mean? Exactly. It goes back to that basic <clears throat> statement. How do you get good at killing deer? You kill deer, killing mm-hmm. deer, just kill deer especially archery you start man killing
2: shit like this yes little... <laughs> I love yeah
1: it. I see it hiding back there in the corner <laughs> yep right yeah. like
4: I'm sorry it's falling apart but dude I mean kill it yeah kill it You're having fun shoot it enjoy it enjoy the hunt you know go out with your kids Like just, it's just, it's one of those things. And I feel that social media has really killed that for people. Uh, It's not fun, you know, like, and I'll even, there's times where I go on hunts and I'm just like, I want to produce content or I feel like I have to kill something and I'll pass on animals and I pass on things. And I'm just like, why the fuck did I pass on that? Like, I would have shot that all day. Like, and then I see something, and I'm just like, "Fuck it, pink." Yeah. I'm known for that. Like when I go hunting with my buddies, like they're like, "Give me your ammo, give me your mag, like give me your quiver, give me your release," like because I shoot the first thing that comes in. That's why I've never killed a big bull. A spike, little rag, me come running in. I'm like, "You're dead." Like I shoot them because it's fun to me. Like, I enjoy it. One of these days, I'm gonna hold out and actually kill a big bull, but. I love it. I'm with buddies and we're laughing and we're joking. We're having the time of our life. Bull comes running. I don't give a shit. That's neat. My freezer. Yes. Like if I have two or three tags in my pocket or, and I got a couple of states to hunt. Yeah. The first bullet comes in. He, he, they're dead every time, but there's a season goes that I might start holding off if I know it's a big bull unit. I've hunted a couple of years and seen giants, and they're cool. Yeah, like, but I know I'm happy going home with nothing at that point. But I've already killed a bull or two. There might be little rags, but I don't care. I enjoy it. So you got the meat. You know, every it's just one of those things, and I try to tell guys, I'm like, gosh, who gives a shit about social media? Just go have fun. Go have fun. That's it. That's all you need to worry about: learning and having fun. That's it.
2: I love it, man. Yeah. Well. I do got one last question before we wrap this thing up. And that is uh, what drives you outdoors?
4: What drives me outdoors? What drives you outdoors? Now it's my kids, man. I'm focusing on my da- my oldest this year. Like, honestly, it used to be me. I just, I love, I just, the noises, the smells, the rivers, the misery, freezing, being wet, being hot. Like, it's just all stories to me. Like, I love adventure. And then the last couple of years of watching my oldest, go from this little house mouse, you know, when I was stationed in California and she just, she wasn't, I'd move and go on my trips and she was just, you know, young, whatever. And then moving and getting her into this, this little city kid. And now she just, I would put her, I put my 12 year old against any guy on the mountain bike. When they show out hike me, she just, she knows she goes in, she knows how to set her rifle up. She's got a tripod. She'll be all like, it's, it's awesome. And so like now it's completely shifted. Like I've been working with Hunt and Fool to put her because they know all these kids, these youth tags, there's so many youth tags for all these States. And so like, I'm so excited this year. She's already drew, drawn a black bear, Oregon tag. She's got a Utah Turkey. She's got a Utah or an Oregon Turkey tag just for spring alone. And so now all these States are starting to open up for draws and it's just like, man, I'm just, I love, that's honestly what drives me to be in the outdoors is my kids and just showing them everything from moose, dried moose poop to use it as kindling to you know looking and following tracks or what to look for where to step where not to step and just going and checking trail cams and having a mountain lion walk by your truck and your kids are like oh my god There was a mountain lion standing here it's like so that's the stuff that honestly drives me to do more and so i i told the wife this year i was like hey i'm really going to focus on christy my oldest for the next few years and just try to get her as many hunts and kill some some awesome animals and just just enjoy it you know i mean she started out she's killed a good white tail and killed a public land mule and she's killed some couple of bears and so she's off to a good start I'm a little shithead i didn't have any of that, I'm in my at that yeah, age. I'm a little so, jealous you know? yeah so she's she's a killer and then my youngest is just begging you like, like you got a couple more years kid I'm like i'm sorry but she comes along like she's just a little stud too so you know having two daughters it, my goal is to raise them so other girls can look up to them because now it's there's it's few and far between these huntresses and these little hunt bunnies they're just it's disgusting to me like i look at it and there's probably five women on social media that i can name off that i would let my daughters follow and for the most part it's just tits and ass and trying to sell stupid teeth whitening and it, it's completely ruined any image of female hunters and like before i mean i, I could care less and now having daughters i'm just like it's just kind of a joke, and so that's that's honestly like my motivation. That's my drive is to to get my girls. Like I want people to be able to look up to my kids one day and be like, "Those girls are fucking studs. Like they don't sell their body, they don't have to sell their their image. They just go out and they enjoy it and they kill shit and then they have a good time doing it. So that's honestly. That mm-hmm. I just killers. want killers, man. Yeah, <laughs> that is, that's all I want. I just want I killers. killers.
2: There, there is actually, you know, they're starting to come out of the woodwork. A lot of like savage women that are straight killers. You have to weed through the bullshit, obviously. But there mm-hmm. is some of them
1: that you're like, what
2: the fuck? Are yes. you yes. kidding me? Yes. I, and they're
1: always the they're not out there promoting their shit. They're just mm-hmm. doing it. And people are following
2: there. Mm-hmm. It was, I remember it, it was three, two years ago. I was at the Harrisburg show in Pennsylvania and I was interviewing, uh, Caitlin Moss. I don't know if you know who she is, but I was interviewing her and she started telling her story about killing white tails. And I, I was kind of skeptical, you know, it was a friend of a friend and I was, so I was yeah. like, yeah, huntress. Right. She starts telling her story. My jaw was on the floor, bro. I had to like pick it up cause she knew more about whitetail hunting than I did. And I was like, yeah, Caitlin's huh? a beast. I was like, what the fuck? And it was just so cool to hear that there's actually badass women out there that are up and coming that are actual killers. Are.
4: And it's good. And I think because of just the, the flood of all these just huntresses, mm-hmm. um, it really pissed off a lot of the killers, the women that are killers. And they're like, ah, fuck that bitch. Like, I'm, I kill more shooting one white tail on a high fence in Texas every year, you know? And then this girl gets shouted out by Hoyt and all this mm-hmm. other crap. And it's like, you got these girls that are out here grinding the back country, packing their own murals, you know going to setting up elk camps like there's a couple chicks in Montana I know, and they I mean, I wouldn't even hunt with them because they would destroy me on the mountain, like, I wouldn't even bother with it. And it's like that, but I'm like, okay, like, how do I get my girls to that point? Like, I want them to be able to load the horses up and just go obviously when they're old enough that I can trust and they've been taught, but like, I don't want to have a boyfriend or a husband have to teach my daughters i want them teaching everything that's right and so i'm doing my oldest right now can te- hold a seminar on how to fucking bear hunt bear bait like <laughs> she's got it dialed because i tell her every year i'm like hey you want to kill a bear this year yeah i do good well you pack packing bait like you don't nobody hunts for free so i'm including my my six year old she's been doing this since she was like three you know like all right here's your little pack here's your snacks and water and here's a couple donuts for the bear bait like Get your ass walking up this canyon, and it's not easy. Like I have buddies that come up, and they they'll come one or two days, and like oh, I'm good. Like I'm gonna, I got stuff we got to take care of at home because like it's straight the fuck <laughs> up. Like you are on your hands and knees climbing up, and it's not for the faint of heart. So you know it's it's fun, but like that. that to answer your question, it's my definitely my kids that that drive me to stay in the outdoors, and, and, and I really enjoy it. It's fun. It's just fun watching them. You know, like it's your. It's you, you know, like it's you in that, like that's all their knowledge. And I, my oldest is teaching my little one things that I just sit back. And I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. Like it's happening. You know, like that's, it's my, that's everything I care about right there. It's just passing on the knowledge and that's all I want.
1: So badass. Hell yeah. Greatly appreciate that. I mean, you can't really say it much better than that is pass it on to the next generation and especially sitting and watching them pass it on
4: it's just so much fun and i and i think like i really want to start doing a lot more with kids and taking kids out and so that's why we're trying to work on some places right now just to bring out fathers of vets that have kids so we can teach both of them so it's it's a generational thing like i want that dad to be like do you remember when we had to do this or the kid like no dad we gotta do this like that's what i want to create and so we're really working hard for that because man kids are just so they're just little sponges and, and i don't know what it is about kids they don't get hardly cold. i mean i'll be freezing on the mountain and my kids are running around in damn shorts and flip flops <laughs> yep. and they just go forever they don't quit like at least my girl they just i'll be smoked drenched pouring sweat and they're just like all right we're ready I'm just like shut up like sit down and shut up <laughs> we're taking a break you know and they just they don't eat they hardly drink anything on the mountain they just go all day and so it's i really enjoy hunting with kids especially when they get to kill something for the first time i've taken a couple of kids out for their for fair. And just watching a kid, like walk up on a bear and they're just like, what is this? Like, there's no way I just kill the bear. <laughs> so it's fun. You know, so if I can do that with vets and kids, like it's, it'll mean a lot. And so we'll be able to, I just, I'm all about the next generation, man. So we just got to get more kids out there and, and having fun.
1: Outstanding. Well, Bam, thanks for giving us your time tonight. I know uh, you <laughs> had a lot going on, so.
4: That was a busy day.
1: We, we appreciate you uh, using us as an excuse to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Always happy to help. Yeah, and, anytime. Uh, and if you ever have anything come up, let us know. Give us a shout. We'll be happy. Hey, to, man. Uh, absolutely.
4: Same. You guys, you don't need to get away. I want to get out with the boys. Let me know. We'll get you out. It's, it's a good time. So.
1: Yeah. Greatly appreciate it. Always yeah, a good time. For sure. and, and for everybody out there listening, man, follow along get on their stuff and uh, give them a little bit of support. Cause as you can hear every little bit of support goes a long ways. And until then, we just want to thank you guys for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive.